What's up, homegirl? On today's episode, I'm talking about how your childhood might be affecting your life. Sis, we really don't know that sometimes our trauma shows up in how we view the world today. I think you're going to like this one. Keep listening. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to Heard and Healed Podcast, where we come here and we do our healing. I'm here to encourage you, empower you, and help you heal, sis. Welcome back. I'm happy that you guys were able to join me back. If you are listening, hello. Um, if you don't know, you can visually see me over on YouTube. If you type in Heard and Heal Podcast, you'll be able to see me. Hey, um, for those of you guys who do see me, sis, I got a new haircut. No, not a new haircut. I got a new hair color. <laughs> so I dyed my hair, y'all. I wanted um, a new look or whatever. Of course, my cut was a new look, but I wanted to try a new color. This isn't necessarily the color I was going for. On camera, it doesn't look as bright as, as it is, but in the sun, girl, this hair color is bright as hell, okay? I want more so of like a maroon color. Like my roots give me the maroon, but not necessarily my hair. So I think I'm going to try one more color to dye, like darken this up a little bit, but it's cute. It's giving. Y'all like the look? Tell me how you like it. I've noticed that I am a black hair girl, okay? Like black hair just kind of suits me well. Black hair is black hair is, is, is for me. So y'all listen, let me just tell you the amount of support I got, but just feedback I got from episode one of Hurting Hill Podcast. I can't thank you enough, right? I got so many daggone messages from so many people just saying, girl, I needed this. This moved me. I mean, I got text messages like I thought it was awesome. Y'all don't understand. I have been on like this high all week of just kind of like really thanking God for just moving me in this direction and really just kind of like thanking God for me just being willing to move in a sense. I'm so happy. I felt just kind of so inspired. No, empowered. That's what I want to say. I felt very empowered because I'm like, wow, Nini, finally something you love, finally something you feel good about doing. So I was just so happy. I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope that this podcast continues to be this, just that space for you. I got a comment from my homegirl. She says, girl, I feel like I was in therapy. I said, good. That's the vibe. You know, like <laughs> my idea is Hey, if you feel like you in therapy, great. So for so be it, right? Um, I am a therapist for you guys who are listening. Welcome to everybody who's new. So if you check the description box, you'll be able to find the listening platforms where you can listen to me at. Just in case you in the car, girl. Just in case you at home cleaning, you know, doing your hair, any of those things. The description box is going to have those channels where you can listen to me at, okay? If you visually don't want to look. I'm in the process, so I haven't do it. I'm about to do it now. Put in my iTunes application to be on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That's going to be lit. Oh, girl. That's going to be, like, major for me. Like, ooh. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm so excited. Like, oh, my God. Second, too, I feel like I got so many updates. But second, I need you to go follow me on Instagram. Herd and Hill Podcast has an Instagram page. So it's at Herd and Hill Podcast. Um, go follow me. Oh, my God. The Instagram is looking so nice. Um, I'm trying my best to see how I want that aesthetic to be over there. Um, 
so just kind of follow me out so far the post is looking nice one thing that i have incorporated is called comment of the week so basically i take a comment from the comment section um, and i post it on my instagram page and that will be the comment of the week now what comment am i looking for specifically for people who have started their healing journey any changes you have made um or you've noticed that you had to make to just better yourself um that's gonna be perfect so that's what i'm screenshotting i got a nice little comment of the week i need my phone to show you guys like let me let me kind of tell you what, what what the comment of the week was give me a minute i gotta pull it up on my phone i was searching through oh here we go i got it right here so this is from vicky what's up vicky girl she said i'm getting my healing today she says yes i can totally relate i recently had to let go of people who are mentally draining always laying their problems on me which at the time i didn't mind again i'm being a friend right as soon as i needed to talk the conversation would shift back to them i was way too available although i wanted to help yet i wasn't given the same back in return i had to take a break away from everyone and as you said have a talk with myself I have since had so much peace in that peace I created and and is well worth it. You said a wonderful mouthful. Funny part, they never knew I was going through something. Tuh. Healing myself has and will be a priority like it has been for three months now. Thank you again. Girl, I was like, okay, sis. You know, I thought that was awesome. I really did. I was like, I know that's right. Because honestly, y'all. Have you been there before where you feel like you're giving so much into your friendships and you're not receiving it back? Or, you know, you just want to get something back. In her case, it sucks. You know, like, I've been there where you constantly being a listening ear for others, but you can't go and give, you know, you can't go and lay your burdens on them in a sense because they don't know how to show up for you. Or, shit, they so busy talking about they shit that they can never check in on you and your shit. You been there before? And that's a lot. I was just having a conversation with somebody today. And um, I was telling him, like, man, for me, I pour so much into others and I get upset when I'm giving 100 percent and they not giving me 100 percent back. I was talking to my homegirl about that directly. And she said, listen, you can't go looking for you and others. She said, I'm just going to tell you that because my therapist told me that. And I said, oh, there we go. Like she was on to something. And that's something I try to remind myself of. Like everybody's not going to move like me everybody's not going to move like how I would want them to move. It doesn't, necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that they move in funny. Maybe that's just all they know how to move. To me, I, I try to keep that in mind, but in the back end, I'm just like, that's annoying. Because, you know, like, when you're giving somebody good, they love it. They receive it. Don't you think somebody want that good part back? So if somebody is supportive of you, rooting you, you know, really showing you that they rock with you, don't you think you should show that back to that person? It's like you get the benefits of reaping it and feeling good and feeling so excited. What do you give back? So in the back end, I'm like, nah, that's annoying. But I have to, you know, also consider too, like, sometimes people don't know how to do that. Sometimes people don't know how to pour into you. My method, and as I've talked about in one of my YouTube videos before, sis, I'm going to give you what you give me. And I have to really kind of tailor that in a sense. What I say is if I'm giving somebody 100 and I see that they only giving me 50, 45, I got pulled back. I ain't got to go around and give everybody 45, 
But if I'm giving you a 45, I'm gonna, if you giving me 45, I'm going to give you 45. Because you're not going to be able to recognize what 100 means to me. And here I am overpouring and ain't getting shit back. It's a concept that I just try to keep in mind. Like, match them, you know. Me, normally, back in the day, I just cut you off to hell with you. <laughs> you moving funny to me, you got to go. If I don't recognize authenticity, got to go. It's like, all right, Nia, you can't be cutting off every goddamn body. <laughs> It's saying they moving funny <laughs> because you don't recognize what they doing. Like, that's not fair. I had to take a step back and look at that. Speaking of, I do a lot of reflection. Do you guys do reflection? Um, I don't know where that come from, you know, why I do a lot of reflection. I will tell you, I know exactly where it come from. I remember when I was in therapy, right? I talked to my therapist at one point and I said, my therapist at the time, I said, listen, I said, so many people come to me and say, you always trying to be so perfect. Everything got to be perfect, perfect. I said, what does that really mean? Because I don't feel like I'm perfect. I don't feel like anything I do is perfect. And she told me something at the time. She said, sweetie, she said, she's been through a lot of trauma. And she said, based on your trauma, you know, you have not known where the right or wrong is at. So in your head, when you've made mistakes or to avoid feeling the hurt and stuff you used to do, you try to overfix it. You try to overcompensate. You try to avoid not going through that experience again. I said, God damn. She said, so that's why everything may seem like it has to be perfect. You know, it's that perfectionism, that perfectionism, that, that thing right there. <laughs> oh, my God. When I tell you she dropped that gem on me, I was like, damn, you know. And it just kind of reminded me, like, we go through a lot of stuff when we are young, man. Like, your childhood, I want you to just kind of take a, take a step back and think about your childhood right quick, right? For me, man, my childhood was very much so difficult. And for some of you guys, your childhood must be must have been difficult too, right? Some of you guys had a really, really good childhood, and that's amazing. So maybe this portion of what I'm talking about may not apply to you, but a lot of us, you know, have not had not so great childhoods. You know, that's the mass majority of a lot of people. But it just had me thinking that, you know, your childhood really affects how you develop and grow into a human being. It, it affects how you see yourself, how you see others, how you interact with yourself, how you interact with others. And I didn't notice that, I guess, until I get got older because, you know, you being you, you're just growing into yourself, right? I, I, can't, I can't find the right words to say this, but you're just being who you are, who you, who you feel is correct. You don't really know what you're doing wrong because, shit, it's just what you know. You only know what you know. Anywho, I get into this whole reflective type of thing, and she was telling me it was a response to trauma. Um, and, it, and she told me it was my way of avoiding um, just kind of like the mishaps I was having in my life. So in order not to go through those hard times again, I got to make sure stuff is perfect so I don't see hard times again. So I thought that was interesting. And I'm just like, damn, we really do go through a lot. When we talk about childhood trauma, and this is something that's very passionate to me, guys, because you got to think the things that you go through as a child will shape how you view everything else as an adult. And it is going to take self-reflection to be able to undo those things. Hear me out. You're going to have to be able to self-reflect based off of your childhood. Okay? You're going to have to think about what am I doing 
How am I interacting? How does people see me and receive me? How do I see and receive myself? Because these, this is how solely dependent on the messages that I'm putting in my brain, the messages that I'm putting out into the world. As children, we have all types of trauma that we go through and we experience. Not everybody experiences the same trauma. There's this um, this scale that we use as therapists. I've never used it, but a lot of people who work with children use it. It's called ACEs. Um, and this particular test scores for trauma that children go through, right? Or people go through as they were children. And it has different categories. And I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about what trauma looks like. And maybe you could define if you've been through trauma or if you have been through trauma, maybe you can relate. ACEs is Adverse Childhood Experiences. And it's like a measuring tool that they use, right? To see, I guess, how trauma has affected the child and which type of trauma the child may be experiencing in a sense. And again, don't quote me too much on this because I, I've never used this tool in my practice. Um, but anywho, Let's talk first, what is trauma? Basically, trauma is an emotional reaction to any type of negative experience you may have had. Um, now, we all may deem experiences negative or positive. That's really individual-based, but there's a broader concept of what we find negative experiences to be. Um, one of the most common is abuse, whether it's sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, emotional abuse. Um, of course, then we find neglect. That is just, you know, whether your parents are just not meeting your basic needs, emotional support, food, shelter, water, all of those things, right? Love. Um, then you have, what else do you have, y'all? Mental health. Um, that's just if you have parents, right? People don't really understand this. You know how when we talk about generational curses and breaking them, like mental health is something that does run on in families. If you have a mother who's depressed and a father who's depressed, think of the biological aspect. We people are made via all of the chemicals that's made in our body. And those chemicals come together and produce a baby, right? So if your mom have low or high chemicals or whatever, and your dad does as well, that stuff can definitely trickle down. So when we say breaking generational curses, I think people say that and don't really understand what we mean when we say that. Like mental health can be, it can travel down in generations, anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, all these things can travel down in generations. So mental health could actually be a form of trauma. If you have parents, I hear this all the time, narcissistic parents. If you have narcissistic parents, if you have depressed parents, that could be a traumatic experience for a child because guess what? Your parent isn't really showing up for you. They have mood swings, right? Um, they're crying. Let's say they don't have time to give you attention. Um, you have all these types of things that happen in the household. What else is another form of trauma? Oh my God, injuries, right? Let's say you were sick as a child. Let's say you suffered some type of illness as a child growing up. That's trauma, you know? It takes you away from your social environment. Um, it affects with your overall mood, your sickness, the health of your body. Um, any type of, let's say you was in a car crash before. That is a traumatic event for some people. I hear this a lot too. You ever hear somebody say, I don't like dogs because when I was young, oh my God, I got bit by a dog. And sometimes people minimize that and be like, okay, it was just a dog and dogs are nice. 
Well, the way that we perceive our problems will determine how we react to them. And that's a gem. I want y'all to hear me when I say that. It's really based on your perception, on how you will emotionally react to something. If you perceive it to be bad, it will be bad. You will react bad. If you perceive it to be good, it will be good. You will react good. So trauma really comes from how we perceive that experience to be in that moment. For me growing up, and some of you guys are listening to a little bit of my story, and some of you guys are don't, um, I'll dedicate a podcast where I talk a lot about, I guess, specifically my childhood trauma. I guess I'll just run it through. But for me, I was taken away from my parents when I was six years old. My parents were really, really bad drug abusers. Um, I live in Southeast D.C., G Street, down by the shrimp boat. For you guys who may be listening, oh, my God, I find it so comforting when I find people like, oh, my God, I'm from Southeast. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> but anywho, oh, my God, I grew up in a very, very poor and unsafe environment. My parents were heavy on drugs. Oh, my God. Um to the point where they were neglectful in a sense. Girl, I would go to school um, <laughs> stinking. I would go to school. I, sometimes I didn't even go to school, girl. But we really didn't have food in the house, anything like that. My parents were very much so in active drug addiction, okay? CPS got involved and then I got taken away from my parents. I got taken away and two of my other siblings got taken away. And we were placed in the foster care system. I was in a foster care system all the way up until I was 11 or 12. Um, I finally got adopted. I think I was 12. But throughout the foster care system, guys, I was in different group homes, um, different uh, foster homes. But in all of those homes, I experienced abuse, physical abuse. Um, you would say emotional abuse as well, but physical abuse, that's my story. I don't really like the foster care system. I really would never, ever work in it. But I was an abused foster child. I had different caregivers that really, and don't understand me when I say, um, I don't want to say like I was abused where I got butt whippings. No. I mean, I was abused where I was punched. I was kicked. I was smacked. I was, oh my God. For me, oh, oh man, like that was very hard to go through because just, just follow me a little bit. These are strangers, people I don't really know, and they hurt me. And I never experienced that in my own home, in my biological home with my parents. They never hurt me, and they never put their hands on me. So you take me away from them, and then you put me with complete strangers that just hurt me. Girl, oh my God. Life for me growing up as a child, that was very, very hard. Um... This is a lot of where my people pleasing kind of come from because I did whatever I could not to get effed up that day. You know, like, okay, she in a good mood. Let me let me continue to keep her in a good mood. Let me try my best because I don't want to get messed up. It was very, 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 very hard growing at, going through that. I had a lot of days, y'all, where I just was not okay. I just wasn't. When I talk about it today, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, Sometimes I can get through it without crying. Other times it's hard because no child deserves to go through that, man. Like, no child. My childhood sent me a couple messages about myself, right? It sent me a couple messages. I think the main message it sent me via, one, the separation from my parents, 
two, being bounced around in different foster homes, moving my clothes, never really settled anywhere, never really was able to form close relationships, always kind of being pushed away, ignored, not heard. It sent a lot of messages to myself, but the main message that it sent me that kind of shows up even as an adult is that I'm not worthy. Honestly, I'll hear you. Hear me out. I kind of always felt that I just wasn't worthy of love. I wasn't worthy of love, attention. I wasn't worthy of respect, none of these things. Granted, in my mind, I felt like I should get it because I give it. But my experience has showed me that just because I give it don't mean I'm going to get it. Hear me? So just because I try to respect people don't mean that people are going to respect me. Just because I try to trust people don't mean that people are trustworthy. Do you get what I'm saying? I say that to say to you, y'all. When you think back on your childhood, look at your experiences and see what messages these experiences have sent you because they will honestly give you a good idea on how you interact with others. As I'm an adult, I find it hard to, I, I would say I find it hard to trust people a little bit. Like, I'm welcoming, right? I, I deal with people. But if I get too close to you, then I'm looking like, all right, now I'm analyzing everything you do. Because when I was young as a kid and I was placed into these homes with these caregivers, and if you're listening to me, I'm putting the air quotation marks, but I was placed with these caregivers that were supposed to give me safety. And the number one need that children need growing up, safety was violated. And I didn't know, right? I mean, my abuse would catch me off guard. You know, I didn't know that this girl was ready to kick me down the damn steps. You know, it made me misjudge people. So as I get older, I got to hyper-focus on, like, let me make sure I'm not missing the signs. Like, let me make sure this person can prove that they're trustworthy. You get what I'm saying? And it is difficult. Oh, my gosh. It is difficult when in your head you are trying to i guess not let those experiences shape up i mean shape up show up it's difficult when you are trying to be aware of all the things you went through and trying to not let it show up in a way in a sense um i'll go like not only trusting in a sense like it's hard for me to trust people but also kind of like my perceptions of things Naturally, I see the positives and things naturally, right? But then sometimes it's very much so easy for me to see the negative and stuff. I could overlook the positive and just see what the fuck went wrong. Like, what went wrong, right? Now, I don't know why I do that. I can't tell you why I always pick out what went wrong, what went wrong. I think the part of me is just like trying to fix it. Like, how else do I fix it? How else do I fix, fix it? That was me. That's me in life, right? When I fall out or things go wrong with people, I'm always like, how do I fix it? Because I don't like for things to be broken. And that's because I had a history of things being broken in my life. And it put me in some deep, dark places. And I don't want to be there anymore. So how do we fix it? How do we fix it? But when I see myself doing that, I have to be like, wait a minute now. You so desperately trying to fix so many things. Why? You know, let things happen as they are. Like, I can't control everything. And I think also one of my messages growing up was I needed to be in control of a lot of stuff because 
When you're a child, you are very much so powerless. When you are a child, you don't have control over anything. So things happened to me that I didn't have control over. So now as I get older, I'm, I'm like, uh-uh, I got control of this, got control of that, got got, 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 right? But then you come off as damn controlling. Then you come off as obsessive or people can't smothering and stuff like that. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm trying to get you to see that things that you go through in your childhood will show up in behaviors today, right? Experiences that you go through in your childhood will shape your adulthood. And if you don't do a lot of self-reflecting, if you don't do a lot of thinking and being aware, it can ruin things for you. It can ruin things for yourself. It can ruin things for people around you. Oh my God. It can attract things to you that you don't necessarily want. Okay, let me give you an example. Personally, I really, I understand the impact of emotions and feelings. So I attract a lot of people who are emotionally kind of like damaged, right? So here I am sitting here trying to help them through that, trying to help them through that. I attract these people because in my mind, I'm feeling so bad for them. Nobody has to go through this. Let me try to help them. Let me try to help them. Nobody has to feel these things. Let me try to help them. And then I'm sitting here drained because I'm like, Dang, I got all these daggone, I hate to say it, like empty vessels, and I'm trying to help them, help them, help them, and it's like, well, there's things about you that you attract these people. Sometimes you can't take on everybody's problems. Sometimes you can't be the healer and the fixer, you know? So again, sometimes our behaviors can hurt us too. It can track energy, but it can push energy away too. So it can be both negative in those type of ways. Am I making sense to you? I hope I am. Let's say you had parents who were substance abusers, or let's say you had parents who were just kind of not ever really present. Sometimes, man, as children because we seek the validation from our parents. We really, really do. Just think, you got a niece, nephew, son, daughter, grandson, they do the stupidest shit, <laughs> hit me out. And they be like, look, look, look. And you see it's a goddamn line on the paper. You know, you be pissed. Or they over there like, mom, watch me do this. And they doing some, some dumb shit, right? <laughs> For real, for real, it looks dumb as hell. Like, come on, you needed my attention for that. But guess what? The way you respond to children shapes their idea. It shapes their, how, what do I want to say? The way you respond to children is very important. Let me just say it like that, okay? It's always great to praise children, even for the stupidest shit, because it builds their esteem, okay? You got to understand, as a person, as a parent, right, as a person who is, taking care of somebody else, specifically children, you show them the world, right? You show them what's good, you show them what's bad, you show them how to think, you show them how to feel, you show them how to handle their emotions. You show them what such and such look like, like you show, you are their blueprint, okay? So what you do to a child, the positions that you put them in will last them, right? It will go with them. On another sense, not only did my childhood show me messages, right? send me all these messages and these things, right? Not being able to trust people, feeling like I got to control shit like that. Um, it really messed with my self-esteem too, right? I'm not even talking about self-esteem as far as physical appearance. Growing up, I physically, I never thought I was beautiful. Oh my God. Now, physically, I never thought I was pretty. Never, never. I was dark-skinned, I was fat, I had this line over my nose and nobody was interested in me. I just never thought I was cute. I'm not even talking about that. 
I'm talking about self-esteem as in who do I think I am? You know, just my internal messages I would send to myself. It really, really kind of messed me up. When I had people who, well, parents, my own parents who abandoned me, right? Um, it showed me, like, who I was. Like, well, maybe they didn't love you enough. Maybe you wasn't enough. Maybe you... You just couldn't do it for them. It just kept sending me these things. It damages my, it damaged my self-esteem, right? And it showed me who I interacted with. You know, any person who would give me just the littlest form of attention, I was for it because I lacked attention when I was young. I was never an attention seeker, but anybody who showed interest in me, I kind of gravitated to them because when I was young, nobody showed interest in me. My foster mothers, I mean, all of them would act like I was just a goddamn foster child. They would act like I wasn't even there, right? But now, not, not only that, a lot of them would just hurt me, okay? So anybody who gave me positive attention, like, oh, you interested in me? So I am something? Like, okay, they would make me feel like, okay, let me go, let me go hop on this, let me go hop on this, let me go. I didn't know I was doing those things until I got older, okay? And it is honestly when you get older that you pay attention to the stuff that's going on around you, but then the stuff that you do. Because the, the brain is still developing, you know. I'm 27, right? I think they say your brain stops fully, fully growing up and developing, I think, at 28. But things come into perspective. So even you who are listening to me, you might be 34, you might be 64, right? Take a look back at your childhood. And if you went through trauma, sweetie, then guess what? Honestly, that's nine times out of ten. That's the answer to why your life looks the way it looks right now. Whether you are sad, whether you use drugs, whether you just can't find the right partner, whether you have no friends, whether you just don't even like yourself. Think about the messages, you know, via your childhood experiences. What did you go through and how did you interpret those messages? And I'll tell you. Based on your interpretation of those things, that's why you see things the way they are. And I am trying to do a lot of reflecting, in a sense, undoing too, you know? Like, it's okay, Nini, to trust people, you know? Nini, you very much so do matter, and you are worthy. And it's me telling myself that. But you got to think I'm 27. I've dealt, you know, had all these thoughts and stuff like that, so they've been with me for a long time. So it's not going to heal and change overnight. But one part of healing, guys, is to reflect. You always have to reflect. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You ain't got to reflect and try to go back and fix all your fuck-ups. Fuck-ups are done, you know. If anything, reflect on it and see, do I want to do this better? Did I handle this the great way? I'll tell you, for me, because I'm always trying to make shit perfect, I try to make sure I do stuff the right way, the best way, the first time, right? But when I do fuck up, man, at one point I used to be so hard on myself, like, why did you do that? You shouldn't have ever, oh my God. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> if I try to be so damn perfect, I'm not gonna feel, I'm not gonna recognize me. I'm okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not get it right the first time, the second time. It's okay to not get it right. But one thing that I have to my advantage is that I'm aware of what the fuck I did. And I know how to handle it the next time. So I want you to tell you that if you made mistakes, if you ruined some things, you may be a parent that ain't got it right with your kid. It's okay. You effed up. Things happen. We got consequences. But don't beat yourself up for shit. 
okay? That comes a part of reflecting too. If you find yourself just being so hard on yourself, don't beat yourself up. The greatest gift and tool you could give yourself is awareness. That's the greatest thing. Become aware of what you do. Now, the next step is you could become aware of the stuff that you do. And if you notice that it's not giving you good results and outcomes, that's when you do the work to change it. Do you get what I'm saying? Once you become aware of the stuff that you do and you see that, okay, this ain't really working out for me. Now you do the work. Now you do the work. But you need awarenesses, awareness, because guess what? Things from your childhood, especially experiences. I mean, you could have parents that completely ignored you. I'm going to tell you this. If you had parents that really ignored you, right, didn't give you no attention, didn't show up, you know, did, let's say you had a sibling. They gave all your siblings attention. They minimized all the things you could do. I can almost bet that emotionally you aren't really available for others. You're not even available for yourself. I can almost bet that emotionally you probably just don't feel nothing. If you had parents who beat on each other, right, you witness domestic violence, right, it shapes your idea of what relationships really look like. What does healthy relationships look like? I promise you, you may even have a history of beating on somebody or you getting beat on, okay? If you have parents that suffer from substance abuse, right, using drugs, you may even be doing that yourself, right? Or you may even be dealing with somebody else who do it, who re-triggers you and brings up these emotions. Girl, just hear me out. Things happen when we are children, and those things that happen really shape who we are and how we see the world and see ourselves. And the best way to undo those things or to get into touch, get in, connect, get into connection with these things is via reflection. Awareness is the number one tool you can have, sis. You got to be aware in order to heal. Oh, man, I hope that you guys um like this episode topic. You know, for me, y'all, at first I thought, like, you need to plan, you need to script, you need to write all this stuff out. I don't, I don't really like doing that. To me, it takes away from being authentic. I'm a natural kind of speaker. I just kind of go with what comes up on my head and stuff like that. So I don't really be trying to script these things, and I don't script it. What I always do, though, I just kind of pray and I tell God, I know what my idea is, and I just ask you to lead me there. And he does it for me. You know, he really does. I hope that this episode touched somebody, honestly. I know it may not touch everybody, but those of you guys who are listening, I hope that it touched you in some way. I dropped some gems in it. I dropped some gems. I want you to become aware. Do some reflection, okay? Think about it a little bit. See, is there anything that I'm doing that I got to change? Or just get some understanding of why you do things. Take it back to childhood because our childhood really matters. Of course, guys, you can follow me on Instagram. My personal Instagram page is at Tanay. But you can go ahead and follow me on Heart and Hill Podcast, guys. I'm building a community over there. So I would love for you guys to follow me over there on Instagram. It's at Heard and Hill Podcast. Um, also, you can listen to me if you are driving. If you need your daily dosa, let me see what Nini talk about. Heal me today. Go ahead and listen to me. Check the description box. I'm on Radio Pod. I'm on Google Podcasts. I'm on Radio Cast. I'm on Breaker. I'm on Spotify. I'm trying to get on iTunes. We working on it. Um, but yeah, y'all. Um, what else? What else I gotta say? I think that's it, y'all. 
We will meet again. I'm trying to figure out when I'm dropping these episodes. So far, it's looking like Tuesday at 7 p.m. You're listening to me right now. And I try to do, I try to premiere it so I could be in a live chat and watch it with you guys because I like that. We here together. We healing, okay? Leave down in the comment section what you have done to start your healing journey. Have you done your healing homework, okay? Have you done that? I call it the healing work. Um, but leave your comments and all that stuff in the description box. I'm going to see y'all at next Tuesday at 7. We showing up. And guess what? We're going to get healed. i see y'all later. Bye, y'all.